come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The podcast from outer space. We good? And we're live. And welcome back, everybody, to the podcast from outer space. It's your boy, Rob Scott. We got Adam Narlock, a.k.a. Teabag, in the house. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening. And as always, it's Ryan Scott. I bid you good morrow. And, you know, it's uh, episode 97 coming up on a pretty cool one, The Punisher. Maybe you guys are familiar. Maybe you're not. But if you're nerding out with us tonight, that's what we got in store for you. Yes, tonight we are getting back into some good old-fashioned comics, and this time pretty, pretty popular, controversial, and quite frankly, I'm going to say misunderstood character that is Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher. So maybe you've heard of him, maybe you haven't. I feel like everybody's at least seen the logo, am I right? Too many times. Every time I saw one this week, I sent you guys a picture. I'm going to say he's blowing up our phones this week. (laughs) The logo's everywhere. And we are going to get into all of this and more in today's episode as we take a look at the creators, the history of the character, films and TV appearances, and controversy, specifically with the symbol. Uh, So, you know, if you're a fan, if you hate the character, or if it's all a gold jacket, green jacket to you, sit back (laughs) And enjoy today's episode. Now, when did you guys hear about this gentleman? Um, first exposures <laughs> this to the gentleman or <laughs> comic? Frank Castle? Yeah, we're talking uh, Punisher. We're talking Mr. Castle. Uh, you know, what do we got? You know, I knew this was coming, and I was really trying to think about it. Uh, you remember we used to watch the comic of uh, Spider-Man and Batman when we were growing up? The animated series? Yes. Yes. I think the first time I remember seeing Punisher is in the Spider-Man series. Oh, okay. And he was kind of an asshole in that. Well, he is an asshole as a character, I'd say. Pretty cool, though. You know? (laughs) 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 But as you said, misunderstood. Okay. You you know, you first see him, you're like, wow, this guy's a fucking douchebag. And then you get to know him a little bit, and you're like, okay, this guy's seen some shit, you know? That's why he's such an asshole, maybe. Okay. All right. What do we got, T-Bag? I think I remember seeing the logo around, like, growing up, but never, like, understanding what it was for. But, like, That's how the kids in Iraq feel, too. <laughs> <laughs> and where did you see this logo? What are we talking? School supplies? Uh, school supplies? <laughs> yeah, like binders. <laughs> yeah, just stuff. Punisher logos on all the schools. <laughs> That's what all the kids have. Lunchboxes. Yeah. No, I just did like decals and stuff like on cars and shit. Okay. So as a kid, you think that was prevalent then? Or you remember seeing oh, it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I do. I don't know. Maybe it's one of them Mandela effect okay. things or whatever. Yeah. Living, out, but, living out in Santee, you saw a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A little blue But I do remember blue. I do remember seeing uh one of the movies. We used to go down to W&J to party on the weekends. And I remember my friend Mariah and her boyfriend were like, oh, we need the room for a little bit. So you can go hang out in the commons. And the movie was on the TV. Now, the 2004 or the 89? I'm like 99% sure it would have been a 2004 film. Okay. Yes, I believe that is the first time I heard about this guy. And 
I think it was either the 2004 film or the 89 film because I'm thinking maybe I just saw that in passing at the library when I was renting the 1990 Captain America. And maybe yeah. I opted for Waterworld instead of The Punisher. You got the 89. <laughs> but I do remember seeing the cover of that. Definitely remember the 2004 film, you know, Thomas Jane, Johnny T, uh, that chick from Mulholland Drive, you know? Now that you've seen both films, would you say Waterworld is the better film? <laughs> I... Well, I, I have some thoughts about the 89 Punisher, which we'll get into later. I'm going to rank that over Waterworld. <sighs> but Waterworld wow. is a good one. Waterworld definitely beats the 2004 film, I will say that. Um, but the 2004 film, you know, I was like a teenager when it came out. It was it was badass. Uh, Hour, buddy. Didn't he like rip a guy's piercings out? I remember that. And Is this when they were like down in Miami? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Punisher's partying in Miami, you know, he's cutting loose down there. Uh and he like tortured a guy with a popsicle. You remember that scene as well? That sounds right. <laughs> yeah. That, like, those are the two things I remember, but is this why you want to go to Miami so bad? You're trying to relive the Punisher film? <laughs> I'm tr- I might be trying to get into the life of the Punisher. Um, but, <laughs> Ripping you know, some piercings out? You know, speaking of, let's get into the... Let's first off get into the creators. You know, let's... Uh, the character was created by writer Jerry Conway and artist John Ramita Sr. and Ross Andrew. Uh, now, Jerry Conway, the writer, let's start with this guy. Uh Born in Brooklyn, New York, 1952. Huge comic book guy growing up. Uh, he actually sells his first story to DC at the age of 16. It's a horror story. Uh, Love horror <laughs> Yeah, this guy loves horror. Now, uh, this just sort of evolved into him selling stories here and there to DC. Eventually, he works full-time for Marvel. At age 19... Conway began scripting The Amazing Spider-Man following none other than Stanley Lee as the writer of one of Marvel's most popular titles. Uh, now, his run from issues 111 to 149 included the infamous, spoiler alert here, Death of Gwen Stacy story in issue number 121. And aside from the creation of The Punisher, this is one of the things that would cement Conway as a legend in the comic book world. And you know, new Spider-Man trailer comes out. You guys seen it? I bet your sweet ass I have. I'm I start going down a rabbit hole watching all the old Spider-Man. And Adam, I will recant my previous statement. I I can see the appeal of the Garfield films. I appreciate that. I was actually just having this conversation with a young lady the other day who swears Toby Parker. Toby Parker. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Toby Maguire. I'm looking at the outline. Of Toby Maguire, Peter Parker. Did you tell her that there's a bit of Peter inside of you? <laughs> <laughs> I am going to still say Toby is the, is, is a great Spider-Man, but I under, I get, the, I don't like the dubstep electro, but I did appreciate the, like, <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? But I did, like, I was rewatching the other ones and I was like, you know what? I get why people like these. I get why the fans like these. And that's not just for the death of Gwen Stacy. Now, guys, let's not discredit our boy Tom as the greatest Spider Man. Yeah, I will unequivocally say Tom is, he's the champ, but. Undisputed. Yeah. But I, 
I right. appreciate the Garfield films. That's what I'll say. And I appreciate you coming back and appreciating that. Yeah, so this guy Conway, getting back to him, he mercs off Gwen Stacy. Uh, comic fans go crazy. Eight issues later, he introduces the Punisher as a conflicted antagonist for Spider-Man. And the rest, they say, that's history. End of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this guy, he did go on to write for DC, published a couple sci-fi novels, eventually uh, wrote and produced a bunch of TV shows, a couple movies. Uh, He also has or had a blog, I guess. The last post was 2014. And I did pull some of his thoughts that we can get into a little later. As Um, we do. This guy, very political. I, I think that's interesting. He did Marvel and DC. Is he one of the first guys we've covered that have done both, or is this a common thing that I just yeah? I, th- I think this out. is like every early writer. He he goes back and forth. You know that's why rights are all convoluted and shit. It's mm. very uh, gold jacket, green jacket for him. Yeah, in the early days of comics, it was very gold jacket, green jacket. You kind of just whoever would give you. Yeah, money. I think it's more of the fans that. that are on one side or the other. Yeah, this whole this whole DC Marvel thing is kind of like West Coast East Coast rap. Like it's a fugazi. Nobody that's actually in the industry, I don't think, gives a fuck. It's fugazi. Right, it's right. fugazi. Just, and if you actually look into it, DC like treats their comic book creators and stuff way better. I mean, you guys hear about this new lawsuit going on with Marvel and the characters and Steve Ditko and Stan Lee's heirs uh, suing for the rights. It's we'll get into that a little later, but. Yeah, I mean, Marvel kind of douchebags, we'll find out. But they make damn good movies. Um, They're owned by Disney now, so (laughs) who gives a fuck? So let's get into John Romita Sr., uh, the artist. This guy was specifically the inker. Now, Rob, you're a big art guy, so we got pencilers. (laughs) (laughs) We got pencilers and inkers. Is the. Is the penciler more of just like a sketch guy? Inker comes in and does what? What do we got? So I would say, and don't quote me on this because <laughs> I'm not a big comic book guy, okay. but I would say the uh, the pencil guy, you know, he's rough <laughs> sketching. Yeah. He's getting the ideas down. Okay. And then okay. the inker is coming he's in, cementing. solidifying it, yes. making sure all the color's right, outlining Inking. it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, if you do both, does that make you a pinker? It could. It might. Because it's all pink inside, as we all know. One in the ink, two in the pink. (laughs) (laughs) We got... uh, So this guy, he's born the inker. Uh, He was born the senior. No, he was born in Brooklyn, New York City. Uh, 19... Are all these guys from Brooklyn? <laughs> well, these two guys are from Brooklyn. Born in 1930. Big Spider-Man guys. He makes... It, they are. I mean, the Spider-Man is kind of how all these guys met and Punisher is introduced in the Spider-Man uh, comics. So these guys are huge Spider-Man guys. Now, uh, Ramita, he made his way into the comics industry in 1949 on the series Famous Funnies, um, which is, I guess, some like newspaper strip. And... He's working in New York City, 1949. He's earning 30 bucks a week. A uh, fellow comic book friend uh, from high school, he offers him... Anchor. What's also, that? Also an anchor. Yeah, a, fe- a fellow anchor. anchor. Yeah. Uh, he says, hey, dude, what the fuck are you doing? I'm going to give you 17, 20 bucks a page to pencil a 10-story page, uh, a 10-page story for him as an uncredited ghost artist. 
Uh, uh, so naturally, he's a ghost inker. Yeah, he's a ghost inker, and this guy's like, <laughs> and he's thinking, dude, in two pages, I make more than I do in a week. This guy's offering me a ten-page story. Yeah, he says that quote. So he ghosted it, and he kept on ghosting for him. Now wow. this is yeah. this Drake paying him? No, this yeah, this guy is like Quentin, right? Is his name Quentin Ghost? Uh, Drake's Ghostwriter. It is. <laughs> he's a, this is the original Quentin, dude. Um, is this where the uh, expression ghosting comes from? I don't believe. Well, I mean, what, like uh, dating? Like just leaving someone? Making more money. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, it's like you know, <laughs> a ghost writer is just somebody that goes uncredited, but they do all the work. Or a ghost writer. He ghosted that lithograph job. He said, fuck y'all. Yeah, yep. he said, I don't even need the credit, dude. <laughs> Um, he said, I'm here <laughs> ghost riding, dude. Now, similar story to Conway's. Uh, you know, Senior, he does a good amount of freelance work. He eventually works for DC exclusively. Then he jumped ship over to Marvel. Uh, he worked briefly on Daredevil. And then he worked for a good while on Spider-Man before eventually being promoted to the position of art director in 1973. Now, as art director, he plays a major role in defining the look of Marvel's comics designs characters uh most notably wolverine luke cage bullseye tigra brother voodoo and of course the punisher now when are we doing an episode on that i i was actually (laughs) looking at brother voodoo (laughs) we got to do an episode on this guy uh and maybe tigra would be a good candidate for boner of the month yeah well i don't know if that's her name but you know that'd be a good outro song uh, but you know, as of two thousand as of two thousand thirteen, I was looking it up. Uh, this guy serves on the disbursement committee of the charity, the Hero Initiative, which is a pretty interesting charity that I think all of these guys are involved in. And uh, we we I got a little uh, bit for that a little later as charity, well. Charity, eh? Oh, good, um, good. Now, lastly, the penciler, uh, Mister Ross Andrew. Uh, he was born in 1927, Michigan, not from Brooklyn. Uh, he eventually moved to New York City for school. Uh, he's discharged from the U.S. Army in 1946, and he found his way into the cartoonist and illustrator school. Was it because he was from Michigan? They said, hey, get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I was just Ain't nothing good yeah. from Michigan, man. You ever hear that? Okay, so he has to get out of there because he hates Michigan, you're saying? I said the army kicked him out because they were like, hey, you're from Michigan. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, I don't. He's only 19 when he's discharged. That's insane. I mean, I think it's after the war. You know, a lot of guys were, they just needed him for a couple years and they dis, they discharge him. A lot of guys discharging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of yeah. semen going on yeah. there. Yeah, but he's only like 18 when the war yeah. started. Hey, Ross, you're doing too much doodling, not enough soldier work, all right? Get the fuck out of here. But also, you know, a lot of guys, lot, like <laughs> you hear all the time, they're like, I, I was 16. I told him I was 18. Oh, yeah, and they gave yeah, me a yeah. rifle. You know, <laughs> it's like. Uh, Steve yeah. Rogers. Uh, so, you know, yep. 1973, he began, he began his five-year stint as a regular penciler on The Amazing Spider-Man, uh, which at the point was Marvel's highest-selling monthly comic, and that's when him and writer Jerry Conway introduced the Punisher, who would go on to become one of Marvel's most popular characters. Now, his career in comics spans six decades, and he is best known for his work on Amazing Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, The Flash, The Metal Men, and co-creating 
the Punisher. And do you think there was ever an episode of The Black? <laughs> now that would be a good issue. Uh, probably it might get a little racist. Uh, <laughs> well, Punisher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, sadly, this gentleman suffered a brain aneurysm and died on November 9th, 1993. So pour one out for this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's get into the history of the character. So Conway says that his inspiration for the Punisher came from the Executioner. Pure badass. These are like uh this was like a popular book series created by Don Pendleton in nineteen sixty-nine. And I believe it is still in print, nice. still ongoing. Um, and in these books, it's like the escapades of a Vietnam vet named Mac Bolin. Sounds badass. Who became a serial killer of criminals after the mafia-related deaths of his family. Uh, so this is essentially like James Bond meets the Boondock Saints. The title of his book looks phenomenal. I love it. <clears throat> yeah, let's... Uh, we do like a... Uh, script we write that up we send it out we start making a movie of this of the executioner yeah this sounds (laughs) fucking sick okay uh now conway says in 87 uh in an interview that he was fascinated by the executioner character uh this was popular at the time and he wanted to do something inspired by that but not to his mind a copy of it now he says when the jackal storyline was being written for spider-man uh, he had the opportunity to use a character who would be like a pawn in the Jackal's scheme. And uh, he says Punisher seemed to fit the bill. So Punisher made his first appearance in The Amazing Spider-Man issue 129 in February of 1974. And Conway was 22 at the time. He also Conway also helped design the character's costume that we all know and love today. Uh, now for Conway, I guess it was standard practice for him to kind of rough sketch his characters and then he would give those to the pencilers, the inkers as just like a suggestion for how he envisioned it. Now he originally draws the character with a little teeny tiny skull and crossbones up in the breast of his, uh, uniform and John Ramada senior, he's like, Hey, I'm going to put my own spit on this. We're blowing this up huge. We're talking big old skull, whole uniform, blows this thing up. uh, And then the penciler, Ross, he drew the first character for publication. So it's a team effort here, you know? And apparently, Stan Lee finds his way in this mix uh, as Marvel's editor-in-chief. He suggested the name because Conway, I guess, originally came up with The Assassin. Still a badass name. <laughs> yeah, so he, he just stands just saying like, you know, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to use uh, the name The Assassin. It's too negative. Um, but Stan says he, he's had a relatively unimportant character uh, who was one of Galactus's robots, and he called him the Punisher. So he says, yeah, you know, let's use that. The Assassin, Jerry, please. Now get the fuck out of my office. We're going with the Punisher. <laughs> so... That's kind of how the Punisher comes about. Now, getting into his actual origin in the comics, uh, Punisher was originally just meant to be like a one-off antagonist of Spider-Man. Now, he's portrayed in his first appearance as a bloodthirsty vigilante who lost no sleep over killing gangsters or people who deserved, in his eyes, to be killed. Uh, Nice. Now, this was something that most superheroes of the time refrained from doing. Now, you, you got to remember, 1974, this is pre 
Deathstroke. This is pre-Deadpool. Uh, you didn't have many killers out there. You know, Batman doesn't kill. Spider-Man doesn't. These guys aren't out there killing people. Yeah. This is when you were young. Yeah. Killers. They're not. A, they're not yeah, they're not. They're not killers. They might have soul, but they're not soldiers. Right, right, right. Uh, they, ain't a lot, a, they ain't a killer, but don't push them. Yeah, not a lot of killers in the superhero realm. This guy yet straight Again. up killer. Uh, now, An assassin, some might call him. <laughs> yeah. Now, <laughs> Spider Man one twenty nine Punisher is determined to kill Spider Man. Uh, who is wanted for his apparent murder of Norman Osborn. So we see the Punisher as a skilled fighter, marksman, former U.S. Marine. Uh, In this issue, he also becomes torn between right and wrong. You know, it's the killing. The killing itself doesn't really bother him. But he is outraged when the the jackal tries to kill Spider-Man in a, quote, non-honorable way. You know, as we said, this man was a veteran. He's a big honor guy. You know, honor over everything for this guy. You can't be, you can't be like uh, tricking these guys and killing them. You got to kill them honorably. No trick them kills. <laughs> yeah, no trick them kills like the <laughs> jackal. Uh, now, Spider Man, uh, who is himself no stranger to you know what's right, what's wrong. You know, it's it's a the constant struggle. Yeah. yeah, you know, this is this is a theme we see, and he concludes that Punisher's problems make his own seem like a birthday party. That's very wise beyond his years. For <laughs> yeah. Now, there is a picture of his first appearance there. Uh, so his first appearance is in the books. Is that Green Goblin? No, that's the Jackal. Looks um, a lot like Green Goblin to me. Well, it does. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Uh, I think they came from the same uh, womb. Not, not the same womb. <laughs> uh, same like uh, gas or whatever. You know, the uh, Oscorp stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 Osborne. Yeah. Box. Anyways, um, so Punisher, you know, his first appearance is in the books. Now, he's intended to be a second-tier character. He goes on to be very well-received. Conway even said that uh, the Punisher's popularity took him by surprise. He says readers really responded to it, uh, and he is sort of like an anti-villain as opposed to an anti-hero. Now, I like that quote, anti-villain. I like that. <laughs> you, know, you know, you don't really hear about that too much, but... Uh, now, an anti-hero is like a hero who might be a little immoral, yeah? Like Venom. Yeah. yeah. Now, so an anti-villain is like a villain you're rooting for, maybe more like a Henry Hill type character? Is that... Yeah, we could go with that. Or like a Tony Soprano? Yes, that's a that's a perfect Because he's a killer, he's a bad guy. Like he's a bad a guy with shit, morals. But, you're, but you like... I mean, he doesn't even necessarily have to have morals. Anti-villain, you know? He's coined uh, he's the a piece of shit. It ain't hard to fucking tell. <laughs> yeah. And uh, nonetheless, Punisher's a hit. Uh, he starts popping up on a regular basis. He teams up with Spider-Man, Captain America, Nightcrawler throughout the 70s and early 80s. And during his massively successful run on Daredevil in the early 80s, writer and artist Frank Miller made use of the character by contrasting the Punisher's attitudes and morals uh, with those of a more liberal character in Daredevil. Uh, so this was also another uh, big hit with comic fans. Now, Punisher's full backstory eventually is revealed as a one Francis Frank Castle, originally born Castiglione. Um, 
but Francis he is Castiglione. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he changes his name as a young boy. Now his background, he's Italian American. This guy is a WAP. I don't think you, you know? can say that. <laughs> yeah. He's as WAP as they come. Uh, you know, it's freaking Francis Castiglione. Huh? I mean, did you see the slick back he's rocking in the, the first issue? Yeah. We, I mean, honestly, we should have, they should have had like a Gandolfini guy play him or like, uh, <laughs> who's the guy in Sopranos? He's in the best shape <laughs> to be uh, running around. Well, okay. Not Gandolfini, but you know, the other guy who finds out that like his, his mom isn't his real mom. Oh yeah. What's that guy's name? Oh, uh, fuck. Imagine that guy as Punisher. That'd be a great Punisher. That's a good one, yeah. We need a full-on WAP Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> now, like we said... I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure the guy that plays him in the show is Italian. In uh, TV I think show. that guy's Jewish. Well, we'll look into it. <laughs> okay, now... We'll get to that later in the episode. But he does look a little Italian, so we'll give him that. But he doesn't do the full-on... I want to hear the Italian accent. Well, they had to, like, modernize the storyline. Yeah, Castiglione, huh? What are we doing over here, huh? Frankie, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, you got a freaking skull on your shit over there. Got to get the hands going. Now, like we said, this guy's a Vietnam vet. He served as a scout sniper recon marine. Uh, his wife and two children... They are killed by the mob for witnessing a hit in Central Park, and thus the Punisher is driven to kill, waging a one-man war on all crime using various weapons, uh, and his family's killers are obviously the first to be slain. Now, what are we thinking here? Is this honorable? Is this a tale as old as time? Well, you'd have to ask Davis. <laughs> now, I mean, like... Well, I, I was thinking maybe that's why he changed his last name. He didn't want those mob ties. Mm, very very anti-villain. Well, no, I think it's rev- it's it's revealed that he, he was said, like hey, Frank yeah, Castle. Hey, hey, fuck the mob. I'm Frank Castle. I'm Frank Castle. No more Frankie Castellone. <laughs> well, I was thinking like I'm pretty sure there is a storyline where it's like he was like tied to the mob in some manner. Uh, but you know, Castiglione, yeah. And they even call him that in the TV show. Um, the other like construction workers. But you know, this is what we see all the time. You know, death drives these guys to be heroes, but this guy necessarily isn't, he, he doesn't even have any superpowers. Yeah. He's, he's essentially just a soldier. He's a weapon. He's a, he's a deadly assassin. <laughs> okay. But th- isn't so, he like a former Marine sniper? Yeah. Yeah. I just said that, <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> So, but that's not a super. Pretty, are those uh, guys superheroes then? There's not very many of them out there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so rarity makes rarity makes a superhero then. I I mean, you could say that. You could argue that. He's in the eye of the beer holder. There's not many black rhinos out there either. Are they superheroes? Not many white rhinos either. <laughs> yeah. So we got one in our studio. I mean, if you think about it, if you really break it down, this guy's just basically a uh, more badass version of Bruce Wayne without the fucking... He's not rich, though. The money, hoes, and clothes. So, But he's like a blue-collar Bruce Wayne, we'll call exactly. him. Exactly. Blue-collar Bruce <laughs> yeah. Wayne. Hey, that's the title of this episode. Okay. All right. Am I, am I right, though? Okay. Yeah, I mean, am I guess, I right but again, this? Batman doesn't kill. I know, but he's still driven by the death of his parents. He had uh, to watch them mugger. die but is in Bat- front of him, and that's why he wants to do good. But is Batman technically 
um, more good and more honorable because he doesn't kill. That makes his job much more difficult. And he's he's all for justice. I Punisher, know, I, I don't think like gives the, a f- he's, it, Punisher's more street justice. Well, I'm saying like the the reason behind them becoming a superhero is similar, and the fact that neither one of them technically have superpowers. They're just mm. just that mm-hmm. death mm-hmm. in their life, that tragedy, that trauma that they went through, is what causes them to uh, you know do the things that they do. But one guy is just trying to you know have these criminals have their day in court the other guy he just wants to kill him punish them well they both have their day in court he wants to punish them what his own court he shoots him in the fucking head yeah. <laughs> hey now you he holds now court in the streets frank, all right frank doesn't have money but where's he getting all these weapons He's got like marine connections dude yeah he's probably he's going is. to a lot of gun shows a lot of Virginia gun shows get in the loophole with the uh, <laughs> with the gun laws there, you know. He walks in with a duffel bag, walks out with a case of Uzis. Yeah, or he just steals no them from all that. these okay. mobsters that he's killing in yeah. droves. Well, doesn't he have that uh, that homie that makes him the guns? Microchip or whatever. Yeah, microchip. <laughs> Microchip's making him omelets and guns, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's a good combo. Okay, so this guy's a massive hit. We get his backstory. (laughs) Now, believe it or not, it wasn't until 1986 when we see Big Pun. That's another (laughs) one of his aliases. They call him Big Pun. Uh, He he gets his own series. Now, nevertheless, in 86, Stephen Grant and Mike Zeck team up for a Punisher miniseries. And it was eventually, it was bannered on the cover as first of four although the series was always intended to be five issues long. And on the cover of the originals, there was an error that recurred throughout pretty much the whole run, as it said, number one in a four-issue limited series. Uh, This was like, I guess I was reading it more into this, and pretty much all miniseries back then were just four issues. So the printers were just like, this has to be a mistake, and they kept printing it as four issues, even though it was five. Well, there's really five? Yeah, there's five. Because if you look at like the original comics, the first one says four issue limited series. The second one says five. Then they went back to four. And then by the the fifth one, they're like, ah, we don't give a fuck. Like they'll obviously print it as like a five issue series. Um, <clears throat> now this run this is pure badass. You know, there's something about this like uh, art in the late 80s. Almost like it's like airbrush, you know? What do you call that? You know what I'm talking about? Like, look at these, look at these like covers. Hell of an anchor, I'll tell you that. Like, what is that kind of art called, Rob? What would you even call that? Is that Renaissance or? (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm messing with you. That's like it's almost like an airbrush, yeah. Uh, Like the ones when you're a kid with like the markers and you're just yeah yeah or like the t-shirts you get yeah. at like uh the fair oh yeah yep. um, I mean the only one that really looks airbrushed is the middle one but I think that's just the look they're going for with that like graffiti and stuff in the background you know I mean he, I think that purple one looks airbrushed yeah it looks uh, anyway these look fucking pure badass check out this run you know go support your local comic shop and Mike Zach I'm thinking. I'll take you to the comic shop. Maybe one of my top <laughs> comic book artists. Yeah, this is uh, pretty fucking badass. 
I don't know what's going on <laughs> the left over there, but the other two look pretty sick. In this run, uh, the overall concept remained the same as Conway's original story in character development, although a few things were changed. And one element of the story that was retconned uh, explains that many of Punisher's more extreme actions were a result of being poisoned with mind-altering drugs. Uh, so they're basically <laughs> yeah, they're bringing MK Ultra into the mix, which is pretty yeah. badass and not too far out of the realm of possibility. I mean, we know the CIA was searching for a Manchurian candidate. Could they have found oh. that in the Punisher? He went rogue. Mm. That's what this miniseries may posit. Um, but this proves to be a massive success. Uh, soon, the Punisher gains an ongoing series followed by a spin-off series and at the height of his success Punisher was starring in three ongoing monthly series series plus a semi-regular Punisher Armory series plus seasonal specials now over Christmas Punisher I I believe there probably is a Christmas Punisher now over the next decade the Punisher would be shown fighting virtually every known criminal organization, including, but not limited to, the Italian mob, the Russian mob, the Irish mob, the Jamaican mob, which are called like Yardies. I didn't even know that existed. Uh, the Japanese Yakuza, the Colombian and Mexican drug cartels, the Aryan Brotherhood, Chinese triads, biker gangs, street gangs, militias, muggers, killers, rapists, sociopaths, violent racists, sadists, pedophiles, and of course, corrupt politicians who may or may not fit into all the categories we just listed. So basically, if you're in the mob, this guy's coming for you. Yeah, basically, if you're any sort of criminal. What about Bill's Mafia? Well, He actually fucks with them because they're from New York. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if anything, I would think the Punisher is probably a Bill's fan. He's probably a... Uh, I'm thinking Raiders. I don't know. Purely just off of the uh, dude symbology. Rob, Bills had OJ Simpson. Punisher would have loved him. (laughs) He would want to kill that guy. He would have teamed. Dude, we need a Punisher OJ team up with. (laughs) That would be a hell of an issue. Punisher meets OJ Simpson. (laughs) That is a good issue, right? At a Bills tailgate. And he's just conflicted the whole time. Uh, and like further down the line, finds out what he did, and he has to go kill him. <laughs> Just imagine like that '80s art Punisher, but then there's also like yep, an '80s yep. art of like OJ in a Bill's Mafia uniform, just like <laughs> running through criminals with the Punisher. Did you ever uh, get that jersey? By the way, I did not. I'm, st- I'm still searching. If anybody out there has a lead on a Bill's OJ Simpson jersey, send me a link. Now, as we know. The Punisher's brutal. He's a maniac. Uh, He's got a homicidal nature. Um, So for that reason, few of his enemies uh, became recurring antagonists. Uh, You know, he never really had a permanent rogues gallery like Batman or Spider-Man. The most notable of recurring foes would be the severely scarred enforcer Jigsaw. Not to be confused (laughs) with the uh, serial criminal from the James Wan movies. Uh, Want to play a game? The Punisher? brutal, sadistic mercenary Barracuda. Ooh. Ooh. And he also developed a nemesis in the longtime Spider-Man rival Kingpin. 
Um, now, eventually, popularity declined, and pretty much all of the titles were canceled in the mid-90s. Uh, and I was thinking about this, and I was reading a bunch of articles, and it was saying, like, um, so Punisher comes along in 86 in his own series, right? And then by, like, late 80s, early 90s, he's massively successful, as we said. Now, part of his rise in popularity had to do with, like, those action movies of the 80s. Uh, you know, mm. uh, comic books have always kind of been intertwined with pop culture, and so you had movies like Rambo, Bloodsport, Death Wish, Commando, Deadly Prey. Have you guys seen that? Have not. One of the best cheesy action movies ever made. Uh, Predator. Better than Commando? <laughs> Just give it a watch, all right? Uh, imagine Commando, but the guy is running around in like... Remember when Adam was the vocalist of Red Asphalt and wore those jean shorts? Okay. Guys running around in just jean shorts like that with a, with <laughs> a fucking it? M16. His George, yeah. dude. He's got his and He's got long blonde hair. Uh, it's fucking badass. Check it out. Uh, but you know, Predator, Roadhouse, like Chuck Norris, all those Steven Seagal movies. And you look at those like 80s covers and they kind of mirror that. You know, 80s action movies, they're, they're filled with these like muscular guys. They're Vietnam vets. They got all this artillery. They're shooting people up. It's fucking Juiced badass. up to the gills. Yeah, juiced up to the gills. Um, Monosyllabic. I like Yeah, that. so it's like if Marvel didn't already have the Punisher, they definitely would have, ha- have created him after the success of Rambo. They might. Or, or someone similar, you know? So Frank Castle, you know, the Punisher, he filled that void. He became the Sylvester Stallone, the Chuck Norris of the Marvel Universe. You know, as we said, he's yeah. blue-collar Bruce Wayne. He's a fucking... BCB. Yeah, badass vigilante. Now, the Punisher Max series, this was in 2004, written by uh, Garth Ennis, uh, who also did Preacher and the Boys. Uh, and this is probably another, like notable reboot of the character worth checking out um so let's get into i guess more of like the character because as we said he's essentially a psychopath right mm, i think that's a little harsh yeah. of a term okay okay well so i watched his family get murked <laughs> well conway himself is also a psychopath <laughs> He's not a psychopath. He says in The Punisher, in his character, you know, he says, here's a guy that never questions himself. He never asks, am I doing the right thing? Uh, And he says, there's something attractive about that to people. This is like probably why he became such a success. You know, The Punisher, he's essentially like eye for eye mentality, right? Babylonian, you know. You know, he's also obsessed with vengeance and he sees the world very uh, black and white, similar to like we talked about Rorschach and the Watchmen, and okay. and the Mister A character by uh, Steve Ditko. <laughs> Mister A, <laughs> yeah, very Mr. familiar a. with that guy. He is is very black and white. Like that's what the comics are asking is like, uh, you know, where do you draw the line, the gray area? It's exploring all of this stuff. Uh, so the Punisher, he's no different. You oh. know, he's a he's a fucking knuckle dragger, dude. He, he believes the ends justify the means, and he only knows brute force. Is that, you know, would you say that's fair? It's true. Now you're saying... No. Marines will do that to you. <laughs> okay, and you're saying no, that he's not a psychopath? To an extent, yeah. 
Okay. So you like this. You're on his side. Yeah. You think yeah. he's honorable? He's an honorable guy. Yeah. Okay. Great guy. <laughs> Great guy. Would you make him vigilante. an Vigilante. I would. Vigilante or vigilante? Vigilante. Vigilante, huh? Castiglione. Yeah. No mob ties um, for this guy. Now, Garth Ennis, when he wrote the character, he says that the Punisher, you know, he's a guy who knows he's going to die. And he knows that in the big picture, his actions will count for nothing. But he pursues his course because he believes this is what he was chosen to do. I like that. Okay. Okay. So you're, so this is like, this is all like, I guess, uh, putting honor under the microscope. Because you know that like poem, I think it was from like World War One, and it's talking about this guy who watched all these people be gassed to death and like carried off on these carts. He's like, as I was watching this like kid just choking on gas and like his face was boiling from the inside out, there's no there's no such thing as honor. You know, this is just a PR thing that's spun to get these young men to go die for their country. This all goes away when you're faced with like certain death. In the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> okay, that's great. So, the Punisher is no different. It's like it's a question on honor, you know. Well, it's like they they say what like integrity is like what you do when no one's looking or whatever. This guy's gonna do what he thinks he's right, which is murder everyone in sight. Um. That's murder to you. That's <laughs> murder. I might be murder in the court of law. In the eyes law. of the law, this is murder. Okay. <laughs> now, but in his eyes, so is it, are we? It's justice. Are we on the side then of O.J. Simpson? That could have been justice for him. So that's way different, bro. <laughs> in, the of, in the eyes of O.J., this was justice. The glove don't fit. You must have hell, dude. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, man. Um, no one murdered his whole family in front of him. Well, Conway says, Conway, going back to him, he says, you know, the Punisher is a thin character on his own merits. Uh, And he says this allows for a lot of interpretations, different angles to the approach of like writing the character. Uh, You know, like a Spider-Man, a Batman, they are who they are. A Punisher is someone that you could like, you could write as like he's an honorable guy. You could write as like he's questioning his morals. It's um, he's just saying like it's open for interpretation. You know, a certain je ne sais quoi. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. So we're saying the Punisher. When we get down to it, it's about honor, and the Punisher is an honorable guy, even if he might be doing the wrong thing. That's what you're saying. I think, I think the Punisher of old, old Punisher. Now, what were we talking? Old Punisher. That's old. Or that's you old got hat. like the new series? <laughs> what? Yeah. Is he? Does he switch up in this? Are uh, oh, you talking about different from the Garth series? I'm talking like with the new Netflix. We'll get okay. Into okay. That, so okay, yeah. we'll get to that later in the outline. Okay. So let's get into let's, let me speaking of that let's get into the films the TV shows uh, because first up his first adaptation 1989 we get the Punisher uh, one word guys badass uh, two words guys Dolph Lundgren <laughs> now now you have you guys seen this one I have not 
I have not, but I'm looking at Dolph Lundgren's movie history. Like every single movie is like war, soldier, assassin. Oh yeah, kill. dude. You know, he's yeah. fucking Ivan <laughs> That's Drago. All he knows, dude. Yeah. If he dies, <laughs> he dies. He's he's Punisher. Wasn't he also in Universal Soldier, or was that? Uh, Maybe he was in Van Small Dan. Soldiers. <laughs> no, that was uh, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> uh, so. Universal soldier, yeah. Uh, you know, small Chip Hazard is also kind of like the Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh but no, this Punisher uh movie, it's actually free on YouTube, so you're welcome to the Loyal Legion out there. Go ahead and check it out. Uh directed by Mark Goldblatt. Uh probably why it's so badass. He also went on to direct Commando. And mm. it was written by Boaz Yakin, who directed a little film called Remember the Titans. Hell yes. Do you remember that? Dude, shiver push on the line, you blow right <laughs> past him every time. Uh, but no, the, so he writes the film. This guy directs it. Uh, now, it changes up the comic origin quite a bit, and we do never see Dolph in the skull uniform or T-shirt because the producers thought that it was too comic booky. Oh. But they're making a comic book movie. <laughs> and they thought that putting him in the t-shirt was too comic booky. Uh, but the film is essentially just nonstop action scenes. Uh, and albeit they, they're kind of cheesy by today's standards. But I'm going to say I thought it was pure badass. Uh, you know, and he's fighting the Yakuza. The Yakuza is like the main enemy. Um but you know, check this movie out. Uh, budget of nine million. Uh, but this, like, due to rights and and uh, distrib- distribution issues, it never really saw a mainstream U.S. release oh. until two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Um, although it was released on VHS and Laserdisc in ninety one, um, got a twenty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it reads. Quote, the Punisher is a boring one-man battle with never-ending action scenes. Sounds like every movie that came out in 1989. Yeah, and I'm going to say, isn't that what you want in an action movie? Non-stop action? I don't want to see him fucking talking. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to go on record saying this is the best one to date. Um, despite the... Despite... Better. Movie? Best movie? Best movie, yes. Or best portrayal of the Punisher? No, not best portrayal. I'm going to say best movie to date, um, despite the diversions from the source material. Okay. Uh, because I think yeah, they don't also... don't want to get too comic booky there. They also made him a cop in this one, um, which he was not a cop in the comics, uh, but we'll get into that. Should try telling cops that. Now, 2004, we see Big Pun return to the silver screen, and this time Thomas Jane picks up where Dolph Lundgren left off. Now, this is not a sequel, but uh, this one, while it wasn't a full-on disaster, it was a box office disappointment. Um, But, you know, honestly, it doesn't really, I feel like, look any better or worse than like other superhero movies made around the time. You know, you had like the 2005 fantastic four that sucked 2000 X-Men sucked. Um, what about a Spider-Man movie? When did them come out? Um, I, I mean, I think that was like 2001 Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. But I mean, those were like big hits, but I'm saying like this one, this Punisher in terms of like everybody says this is like really bad. I mean, did you guys see this one? Did you like this one? What do we got here? I have seen that one. Honestly, not my favorite. But I think I need to go back and watch the old Dolph 
<laughs> you definitely need to watch the old Dolph. Um, did you now teabag you watch this one? Uh, did you like Thomas Jane's portrayal of the character or like, do you remember much from this movie? I, I mean, I, I mean, I was drinking heavily at the time, but I enjoyed the movie at the moment. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. It's too drunk to remember it. Okay, so you're too drunk to remember. Uh, <laughs> like, I remember being like, oh, man, did you see that? But there's, like, nobody in the room with me. <laughs> okay, so you got a, a bit of the Punisher in you. I got punished. <laughs> I know. He punishes himself. It's a different thing. I guess also there was supposed to be a sequel for this one, but it was canned or uh, turned into this 2008 reboot. Um, but, you know, the 2004, uh, surprisingly, I think a lot of people like this movie. I don't know if it's just like a nostalgia thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I think it's like, it's whatever. It's, uh, like I said, it's no worse or better than like some of the ones that don't hold up from that time. Um, but 2008, we get Punisher Warzone. Now, not really much to say here. This one had a budget of $35 million, brought over, brought in a little over $10 million. Yikes. Uh, Roger Ebert called this one of the best-made bad movies he's ever seen. Uh, and I actually watched kind this of one. Backhanded compliment. <laughs> yeah, it's like I watched this as one. As far as bad movies go, this is one of the best made I've ever seen. No, I will say for this one, it did have some pretty cool like action sequences. Uh, and I did like that they brought in Jigsaw. You know, they had from the Saw movie, <laughs> not from the Saw movie. It's a crossover. They had uh, they had Jigsaw in this Hello, one. Punisher. Would but you like to play a game? The casting is not great. The guy they cast as Punisher is just not compelling. Like I said, I want to see uh, an Italian mob Punisher. Who No, who was the guy in this film? Oh, I forget the gentleman's name. Let me look it up. Ray Stevenson? Maybe this is the one I saw. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was a Punisher. Well, I mean, you would. Re- did it have John Travolta in it? Yeah, was that this one? Maybe. No, that was the 2004 one. Rick me, dude. 2004, 2008, what's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, was drinking heavily at the time. Um, but no, the beach house this guy's not a compelling Punisher. So, may, I mean, I would, I'm not going to recommend this one, but if you're into action films, maybe check it out, you know? Would not recommend. I would not recommend. Now, next up, we got the Netflix show. What do we think here? You uh, know, this show is pretty badass. I'm kind of upset that I slept on this. Okay, John Bernthal. You like him taking nah, up the I role? I did look it up. You're right. This is a Jewish gentleman. Okay, Jewish gentleman, not Italian. Coming from Austria, so eh, pretty close. I'm still saying we need an Italian Punisher, dude, with the slick back. Well, one day maybe you'll get your wish. Okay. Ray Romano, Punisher. <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves Raymond. Now, what do you, you had some thoughts on this show. I mean, with this guy taking up the role, do we think he's the best Punisher? Uh, a lot of people seem to say this, but they might just be like sucking off Marvel, you know? I thought he did a good job with this show. Like me and old Dennis were watching this, and uh, what's that? Jessica Jones, Jessica Rabbit, whatever. Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Jones, I think it was. With Are you uh, drunk again, Kristen Mr. Hurley? Ritter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were watching them at the same time, and they're that's too much for me, man. The shows? Well, it's just too much. 
They go too yeah, far. I mean, in what in what sense? Now, just stick to the Punisher here. We don't uh, need to get into Jessica Jones. Well, I had the same complaints about both of them. It's just like not. This was like right about the time that Disney took over all the Marvel stuff, right? I think it was a little before. Oh well, then I think, well by the time I seen it, it was about that time. So I guess I have this like Disney Marvel. You so know, you're letting outside sources influence you. I guess, man, but you're mad so at Disney. It's just too much, man. <laughs> Disney is stigmatizing much. your view of the Punisher. Yeah, like Marvel heroes should be Disney approved. What? Well, that's actually why the show got canned. I think is because <laughs> yeah, that, well, that makes sense to me. Hey, we can't have this far, guy man. running around with a uh, AR just murking people off. Well, wait, you don't like uh, like you don't like what they did with Deadpool. Or even Venom as a rated R. Oh, but see, but see, like Deadpool was before Disney got there. So, so I was this Marvel Deadpool? Not nah, okay, but by the time I seen it, it was already Disney. Stigmatized. That doesn't make it Disney. By the time you seen it, like Disney did not own Marvel. No, but I know. But in my head, I already have like okay, it needs to be clean cut because it's Disney. Whereas Deadpool was before. Did you Disney watch the show though, so dude? It was not that do. clean cut in the show. Yes, I watched the That's show. That's what he's saying. He doesn't That's like That's what that. I'm saying. That's he my complaint. He wants to be a Disney Punisher giving flowers to everybody. That's what you want? Putting little flowers <laughs> in tanks in Canada Square. <laughs> yes. Why do you want that? It's just, it's just a little too graphic for me. It just seemed unnecessary for like a superhero, if you will. But that's the but point. But then we have that debate. Like, yeah. Is he really a superhero? I think that's the study of the character. Yeah. He's that's an anti-villain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I will say this show. Okay. Now, I did not. I'm like first season only. I didn't get it into the second season yet. Same. Same. I wish they would have gone more of a like traditional route with like... Uh, the mob killing his family and stuff like the whole like government conspiracy. I aspect. thought it was kind yeah, of yeah, cool. It's cool. Spin it is it. cool. It is a cool spin. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it's almost like you know the one guy, his like uh, the like blonde guy that's a soldier that's like protesting, and they're like, get the fuck out of here, and he's like, well, we're not breaking the laws, and they're like, I don't give a fuck, and then he's like gonna kill himself. He like kills that guy. I think that guy's more of a Punisher character by the com by the comics standard. Mm. maybe like he's a a veteran that comes home and they just don't give a fuck about him and then like he's all fucked up like yeah but i just thought i thought it was cool how like he is also a veteran but then the government tried to fuck him over and he had to go rogue mm -hmm. rather than like he comes back he's a vietnam vet his family yeah. gets murked by the mob but they kind of like tied it all together a little bit so it's like it's almost like they replace the mob with like rogue elements of the government. Well, and then they also brought in the element of like he was on certain like secret government ops missions in Afghanistan yeah. and Iraq yeah, and, and then finds out that he's like being used as like a basically Which that's what I'm saying. I didn't like that. I wish it would have just been like the death unrelated that like drove him to do crazier shit because making it all related makes the character seem well then it takes it more off kind base. of took it to a new level though okay because then guess. he's like he's not only like some fucking stone cold assassin he's also hiding from has to be hiding from the government the whole time doing it like secretly you know 
Okay. A lot going on. A lot to unpack is what I'll say. Always is a lot going on. But I did mm. like their use of, uh, I guess, like the support groups and the veterans. Oh, and yeah. Like, that's that's that cool. Like, you know, it's close to home. That was a good, like, uh, this is like how we treat our veterans kind of thing. Um, yeah. Now, let's get in. So that's like, you know, his appearance. And yeah, this, this show did get canned two seasons. And I think he does make an appearance on the Daredevil show. As well. I, I didn't watch that. Um, yeah, but anyways, that's that's like where we are with the show. I know that Marvel has talked about possibly doing a Punisher film, a Punisher solo film. That'd be sick. Um, you know, people seem to like the show. A lot of people didn't like that it was canned. Maybe they bring him in. Maybe they bring him back. Bring him into uh, Tom's world, you know? Well, maybe we get a WAP in there as the Punisher. <laughs> you know? One of uh, Tom Holland's boys from Brooklyn. You yeah, know? but um, now let's get into this whole issue with the rights. And these are like, uh, this was interesting stuff I found on Conway's blog because, as I said, all this lawsuit discussion with uh, Spider-Man, I figured I'd throw this in here for good measure. I mean, have you heard about the like Spider-Man lawsuit? We discussed them in our Spider-Man episode? I don't because these are recent. This came out Whoa. like this week. So essentially like... Steve Ditko and Stanley's heirs or their estates, like their kids, are suing to retain, like the rights run out. Disney's trying to get them. The kids are suing for them. And I believe Marvel is like counter suing to try to retain the rights as well. What are the kids going to do with it? They just want to. They just want to retain them to then sell them even higher to like Disney and stuff. Oh and lord! Like they don't yeah. have enough money already. Yeah, but this right, is right. like, ma- dude. That's what I was saying. This is major characters like Doctor Strange, Spider Man, Punisher. Actually, I don't think Punisher's in it. Uh, Spider Man, Doctor Strange, like a lot of stuff that Steve Ditko and Stan Lee worked on. Um, but. With all that in here, I, th- I figured I'd throw this in here uh, because, you I mean, know... Did Disney not already pay a premium for all the fucking Marvel shit that they got? But essentially, like, what it is is... So the Marvel has the copyrights. Those are going to okay. run out. The kids are trying to get them back. No, I understand that. So whose side are you on then? No, I'm just saying, like, wasn't there a point in time where Disney was like, hey, here's... X amount millions of dollars for the rights to this, correct? Well, they bought Marvel, so I think they so technically now it's own seeming it. like these kids are like, "Hey, bud, we need a couple more mil in the bank for this yeah, Spider Man yeah. shit." Yeah, that's even what though I... Disney is obviously a fucking monopoly, basically now. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is like a whole uh... ESPN, Marvel, <laughs> Disney. <laughs> Not a, they own National all that. Shit. I, I, I get that. So you're saying they should just pay the kids? They already did no, no, pay no, no. the I'm kids. Just, I'm saying it's like a double-edged sword. Like they're both assholes. This is like that kid on the Nirvana cover coming back after all these years and they're both <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. yeah. Well, like. Well, I'm saying like, so Disney's either going to make more money or they're going to give these fucking kids more money. Either way, they're both going to get rich. So who gives a fuck? But it's like I, a lot of the complaints, I think, are like, dude, like you're it's like Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. It was work for hire. Like Marvel owns the shit, not your kids. Well, mm. that's what I'm saying. Also is 
But a lot these, of those early guys got a raw deal. They're not suing it to be like, oh, hey, we're going to go make our own adaptation of yeah, this film. They're going to yeah. be like, oh, hey, can you uh, give us a billion dollars yeah, now? Yeah, and then exactly. you can have Spider-Man that's back? What it, yeah, that's what it is. They just, it's just a cash grab. It's like he said, the kid on the Nirvana cover. You know, I read an article a while ago before that kid I, came honestly out. I honestly thought that was a joke. No, he used to go around to parties and say, bet you 20 bucks you've seen my dick. <laughs> and then people would say, like, nah. And then he's like, yeah, I'm the baby on their Nirvana cover. Give me 20 bucks. And then now he's coming out suing him, saying he's like, oh, I've destroyed my... They like, exploited <laughs> me. Like, someone's going to recognize in the street. Dude, I've seen your little dick. <laughs> um, but no, back to these rights. Uh, so I'm throwing this in here for good measure, because... We talk about the early days of comics. It's pretty much the Wild West. You got people working for DC, working for Marvel. When it came to rights, uh, who owns what, credit, yada, yada, yada. You know, we always talk about that kind of stuff. Um, Now, from Conway's blog post titled Heroes, he said, and this was like not too long after the Punisher film came out in 2004. uh, Now, he said, to put it bluntly, that he got nothing for either Punisher film. And uh, in the first two Spider-Man movies, they used some of his like runs in the comics for those storylines. And he says he didn't get anything for that. He didn't even get credit for creating Punisher or for the use of his story material in Spider-Man. Uh, now, that's the first two Raimi films. Now, he says that he accepts the reality of how the business operated when he wrote those stories. Uh, he's he's truthful enough with himself to admit that he knew he was giving over all his rights to the material at the time. There, He says there hasn't been a comic book professional since the 1940s who hasn't been fully aware of the exact nature of a deal they were making with publishers. What happened to Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster was common knowledge and an established part of comic book lore. And we'll definitely cover that on a Superman episode. Um, He says nobody promised him anything. The deal was clear. He wrote the stories. He created the characters. And in return, he accepted a page rate payment for his work. Nobody forced him to write comics. Nobody forced him to accept the terms of the deal. He knew what he was doing. And he did it anyway. Again, you know, you got to think this is like a 19, 20 year old kid He's probably just happy to be writing comics as a living. Right. Uh, you get nothing. <laughs> yeah, but again, and again, like comic book movies weren't like they are now. Like nowadays, like anybody that gets a Marvel deal, you're like, oh, well, they're going to be set for life. Like yeah. a Marvel movie deal. Back then you had the 89 Punisher, the 1990 Captain <laughs> America. This like failed, like pretty much everything Marvel did until like the 98 blade I'd say was like a failure, a monumental failure. Like look at the Marvel films outside of the MCU. And then like, I feel like blade was kind of the paved the way for like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man's and those really like sparked. uh, And I guess Batman, uh, the Tim Burton, Batman, not Marvel. I know, but I'm just saying like superheroes in general, like those movies weren't very successful. Um, Especially this guy's writing this in 74. Those those weren't even like a thing. Um, Now, he says, did it hurt when he saw a movie made from the character he co-created without receiving credit? Uh, He says, sure, of course. Uh, You know, what would it cost them to credit him or Ross or John? 
for writing and drawing the story that brought the Punisher into being. He says he would have been happy to sign a release. He would have been happy to give an interview for the DVD, but nobody asked. He didn't expect money. He didn't expect a piece of the action, but he would have appreciated a little acknowledgement when the credits rolled. Think for one second. The fuck? Well, that's kind of a mind blow. Why? Like, that's all the guy wants is a little bit of credit. Exactly. This is like what we talked about with uh, Bill Finger on the Batman. Mm. Like, he got, Mm. like, fucked out of it by, uh, what's what's his face? Oh, what's his face? (laughs) I'm (laughs) blanking on the other guy's name, but the Bill Finger Batman story, you know, he got, like, fucked out of his credits. Um, hey, sometimes the inker just wants his credit, you know. Now he Conway did say that the forward-thinking contracts that DC started offering creators in the late seventies, uh, he sees a ton of revenue from that, uh, and that makes him happy. Now he says, in a way, all this right stuff balances out. But he is one of the lucky ones, uh, the creators who came into the business after the mid seventies. They all get a piece. Uh, you know, albeit small, of the of cash that their characters generate, especially for DC. I think they treat their writers uh, much better over there. Although no, movies, no one gives a shit so <laughs> because they yeah. because they movies suck. Movies. How are they making money? Hey, Ask any kid. I like uh, like, I like Suicide Squad and the Zack Snyder cut. I still got to see that. The new Suicide Squad or the old one? The new one. I have not seen it. The old one was so bad, man. Oh, you got to check out the new one. James Gunn. Right. James right. Gunn, dude. Okay, okay. Um, that's fair. It was all right. It was all right. Another guy working for both Marvel and the Okay, yeah. that's cool. Now, you know, Playing he both says... Sides. Now, Conway yeah. says that people came before him. Uh, they are not as lucky. You know, those writers and artists, uh, they don't have much to show for the work they've done in their careers, and some are in pretty dire straits financially. Just like Baby Dick. Now, if you would like to do something about that, he says to check out the Hero Initiative. Uh, as I said earlier, this is a nonprofit uh, organized by fans and professionals to help create to help creators who have fallen on hard times. Uh, and now he says you could give back a little what they've given to you. And I will put a link for this in the description. Uh, this is HeroInitiative.org. Uh, and it's essentially, like we said, it's, it's dedicated to helping some of these comic book creators from the early days who have just been like fucked out of uh, rights and just aren't making mm. money. And, you know, they're poor old guys. They got a little bit of Peter in them so that you could get some in you. Now, Rob, come on. These, these comic book characters bring you joy. Maybe you could help some of these guys out. Hey, I'm on falling on hard times myself, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got the Rob initiative. At least we own the rights to this podcast, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Don't you want to put a link to that in the description? I'm just kidding, dude. You're unbelievable. <laughs> you know, the, these these guys are really in some dire straits here. Oh, and, yeah, and you're I'm making sure omelets the for wrote, the LA Clippers. The dude, guy, I'm sure you're doing fine. The you're but you're hanging wrong. out with Kawhi Leonard. He's your fucking buddy. The guy that wrote Batman, I'm sure he's <laughs> fucking crying every day. In his well, the one guy's Rolls dead. Royce. The one guy's dead, and he was buried in an unmarked grave. Well, that's on him, brother. <laughs> Unreal. So, so you are saying that these guys, that just fuck them. I'm not saying that. You just said that's on him. Fuck them. I didn't say fuck him. <laughs> you might as well <laughs> You're putting words in my mouth. I, it's like Conway said, though. These guys knew what they were doing, unfortunately. I, but I do... 
I do think we should get a Rob initiative going and we'll make a sticker that says get robbed. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> uh, now speaking of rights, you know, and all the uh, use of content, intellectual property symbols. Hmm. Uh, it's no secret. You know, in recent years, we've seen the Punisher skull uh, gaining increased popularity in what some would say is a concerning manner among police forces, self-proclaimed militiamen, and neo-Nazis. Now, I was looking this up. This is like uh, Nazis that dress like Neo from the Matrix. (laughs) 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 This is like a whole thing, and these guys are out there. They got trench coats? Yes, they have leather trench coats. They wear all black. They're like the guy in Grandma's Boy, but they're Nazis. (laughs) How can they even see? (laughs) These are neo-Nazis, dude. Uh, And they're proficient at programming. Computer programming, that type of stuff. Do they take the red pill? (laughs) (laughs) No. No, honestly, and uh, no, this is like really how this whole episode came about. Uh, you know, Rob. Eyes drenching in trench coats. Not neo Nazis. We're off of that. Oh. Rob was actually looking up. I see on the Amazon, Rob's looking up like Punisher. Pa- he says a collection of patches like uh, Back the Blue and like Punisher. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It was a there American was... flag with a blue stripe. And I said, dude, what? I was like, what is this, dude? Are you, uh, you becoming a cop? And he goes, nah, dude, I just wanted a Punisher patch. And like, these were the only, I could only buy it in this set. And I said, Punisher patch, huh? Question still stands. You becoming a cop? And he said, Navy SEALs use it too. And I said, oh, I, f- I forgot you were a Navy SEAL, dude. <laughs> and he also said, a cop, apparently. So then He said, Punisher, I hardly know her. <laughs> yeah, that's his tagline. But he says... You know, I want I want to wear this, and I'm and I'm thinking, you know, is that on me? These cops have kind of co-opted this stuff, and Punisher really is uh, it's its own thing. It shouldn't mm. be stigmatized by uh, by anybody that uses the symbol. Yeah, this guy's telling me I can't get a Punisher patch because no, people I just are going to think I'm a cop I, or well, a fucking Navy SEAL. I think they will if you if you went around wearing a Punisher patch, people would be like, dude, this guy in this day and age. It's like we said on our last episode. You're put into a box, maybe even if you don't fit in that box. Mm. Am I right? Chances are not I'm not fitting on. in that box. Now, did you get the Punisher hat? Have you been wearing it around? What kind of reactions you been getting? I didn't buy it yet because you fucking disheartened me. Uh, well, hey, don't <laughs> let me dishearten you. We're bringing it back on this episode uh, because we're getting into this. We're back in the P, not the blue. <laughs> so, so, obviously, you know, this is something that I've noticed. Especially in the events of last summer, you got the Capitol bullshit. Uh, basically, any polarized political event covered by the media. I mean, have you guys seen this? Have you seen like the Punisher logos being used this way? Like cops using them? Yes, I've been sending you pictures every day that I see one. Yeah, yeah but is that put them on cops? Well, you know, lifted trucks. Hawaiian tribal. <laughs> Hawaiian tribal <laughs> Punisher. Like that's, you're just the, that's probably the most unique one that I've seen. Actually, the worst one that I've seen, and I'm going to say this is, it was, you know, the little st- stupid stick figure families? It was, yeah. it was Punisher skulls, but like that. Like a family. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I was uh, like, dude, what, what, are, what the truck? fuck is this? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's always on a truck. Uh, but no, I, I mean, yeah, you guys have obviously noticed this. 
Um, and soon to be on Ryan's Prius. I <clears throat> get it blown up on the hood. We're taking the symbol back. So I'm thinking, you know, when did this start? How did this start? And you think these guys are even fans of the comics? They might be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so pretty much everything they I saw could that find. Uh, fucking '89 film. So, so they're dull, but he doesn't even I'm wear. Be dull. He doesn't even wear the skull. <laughs> so pretty much everything I could find traces this back to U.S. soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan. Now, specifically, the unit of Chris Kyle. Mr. American Sniper himself, uh, Kyle's unit apparently referred to themselves as the Punishers. Um, now, they would label their gear uh, with the skull. They would spray paint it on walls of Iraqi homes and buildings to, quote-unquote, mark their territory. To punish them, if to you will. To punish them. Now in, What's your name? I'll write it on the wall. In 2012, Chris Kyle published his memoir, American Sniper, in which he says, quote, Now, for you, those of you who are not familiar with the character, the Punisher debuted in a Marvel comic book series in the 70s. He's a real badass who writes wrongs, delivering vigilante justice. A movie by the same name just come out, The Punisher, and he wore with a stylized white skull. Now, our comms guys suggested it before deployment. We all thought, hell, what Punisher did was cool. He righted wrongs. He killed the bad guys. He made wrongdoers fear him. That's what we're all about. So we adopted his symbol, a skull, and made it our own with some modifications. We spray painted on the Humvees, body armor, and our helmets, and all of our fucking guns, brother. And we spray painted on every building or wall we could. We wanted people to know we're here and we want to fuck with you. It's our version of PSYOPs. You see us? We're the people kicking your ass. Fear us because we will kill you, motherfucker. You are bad, but we are badder. We are badass. Uh, is this a direct quote? This verbatim? is a direct quote from the book American Sniper. Now, what are we thinking here? Is this cringe? Uh, I mean, do you think he was only, only saw the 2004 movie or was he a fan before deployment? Like, what do we got on this quote? Maybe he watched the movie drunk and was like, did you see that? <laughs> I, I guarantee that's what happened. I think a uh, great, great Robin Christian. Kudos to you. Yeah, that was a great Chris Kyle. Well, have you seen the film? I have seen the film. I mean, did you see what the guy was doing before he got into the Marines? Punishing people? He wasn't yeah. a Marine. He okay, was a Navy, Navy SEAL. SEAL. Whatever. It's <laughs> a big <laughs> difference. He's Rob, a, you're a Navy SEAL. You should know that. Yeah, and a cop. <laughs> I'm just saying he probably fucking saw it and was like, hell yeah, brother, that's badass. Let's fucking spray paint that on some shit. Okay, okay. 100%. That's what he just said. Well, I'm saying it's not, there's nothing, I don't think that's cringy. I just think he okay. just thought okay. it was cool. Okay. I mean, maybe take it a little extreme <laughs> on all the fucking buildings and shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just I just pulled this here now. Because, I mean, like, yes, Chris Kyle, he has become this, like, politicized figure. Uh, you know, is he a hero? Is he a liar? Uh, is he an anti-villain? Is he, yeah, is he an anti-villain? Is he an anti-hero? Is he a punisher? Um, you can have your opinions on him. That's fine, you know. But just putting the whole Chris Kyle aspect to the side for a minute, 
do we have a problem with soldiers using, or I guess it's going to sound so stupid, but like appropriating like this nerd culture in this way? Uh, I mean, what if they themselves are nerds? Exactly. So that's, yeah. well, I mean, but we, in my opinion, you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> oh, guys, America. That's America, brother. <laughs> well, this was Iraq, but. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm going to say no. I'm just saying. What do you, what do we say? If we're going by what Chris Kyle said, most of the guys that that guy was fucking murking off were probably bad guys. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Unless he was getting oh. into some Punisher situations himself. Yeah, exactly. What maybe maybe the guys he's taken out aren't so as bad as he was told. Mm-hmm. He's getting some bad uh maybe ops. maybe some kids like in the film. Oh, uh, did he kill a kid? <laughs> well, we don't only God knows. Well, what what are we thinking here, T Bag? I mean, what well, yeah, I'm, this is like the whole bat signal thing kind of. Obviously that's made up in the story, but like that's Kind of what Batman did, right? That's what people did. They bad guys knew when they saw that bat symbol in the sky. Yes, that things were coming there. Bad news for the bears, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. See, I'm gonna say for this one, like, no, like, in fact, I wish they did it more. Uh, you know, I want to see him yeah. using samurai swords like Blade, bow and arrows like Hawkeye. Um, little Avengers logo going yeah, on. Yeah, let's get let's some throw some more heroes in there. Why are we just using Punisher, U.S. Marines, and Navy SEALs? Like. Uh, let's throw up some Spidey symbols. <laughs> let's get some Batman shit up there. I, I say we spray paint our tanks black, like in oh. uh, like the fucking Tumblr thing in the Dark Knight. Oh, I mean, I think our military could be potentially pretty badass if we start adopting the more super battalion as a different yeah. fucking superhero. <laughs> yeah, now, um. I like the idea. And, you know, this, like, I was thinking about this. You know, a lot of people are saying, like, when the military uses it, oh, it's fucked up. They're appropriating nerd culture. Like, whatever. Uh, This has been done since World War II. You know, we Mm -hmm. saw soldiers painting pop culture symbols, uh, pinup girls on bombers. Uh, They shaved mohawks to frighten the enemy. Uh, You know, PSYOP. Uh, The whole PSYOPs aspect was huge. Uh, you know, even many patches use symbols from pop culture. Uh, this example right here, this was like a project. This is one of Hal's patches, the Desert Prowler. Uh, they're a flight test group uh, out of Area 51. Alone and on the prowl. Just yep, like Adam. Alone and on the prowl. <laughs> and the main symbol is from a fucking ICP album. Now, oh, yeah. I don't, and I was asking Hal, I was like, you know, how do they design the patches? Like, who designs these patches? And he was just saying, like, typically it's just some guy in the unit comes up with it. Everybody votes on it. Like, the yes Alabama or no. Juggalos are <laughs> so this guy was clearly a juggalo. <laughs> Much wicked clown love. Woo, Sir, woo. I'm making a patch. <laughs> you know? We got some juggalos in the, out at Area 51 making these patches. <laughs> Um, but I, and I'll post the uh, um I'll post this on the Instagram, um, but I think it's a badass patch. Uh, you know, that is pretty sick. Oh yeah, and I mean that's a good album, brother. Where do we get a couple copies of these patches? <laughs> Hal has one, but I'm sure we could order some more. Um, now again, <laughs> this t-shirt what, idea. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Podcast like, prowler. Like. So if we go back to the Punisher, like the symbol being used by the military, that's whatever. Like, I get it. They're out there weaving my blanket of freedom. Uh, Use any symbol you want, Juggalos or Punisher. I don't care. 
Uh, let's play, put a hatchet man. biscuit out there. <laughs> yeah, we need to get some limp biscuit out there because that's going to fire the troops up. Um, now, and, and in fact, I'm thinking more about this. And it actually makes a lot of sense that a soldier would identify with the Punisher, uh, you know, if maybe they didn't agree with why they were over there in the first place. Similar to Vietnam, you know, this became an unpopular war back home. So maybe the, these vets didn't feel appreciated uh, or perhaps betrayed by the country they were fighting for. You know, does this make sense? Mm. Oh, I'm yeah. tracking. Now, getting back to Chris Kyle for a minute, because there does seem to be like a point where this sort of thing can start to, I guess, sour. Um, because this guy, as we said, he becomes like somewhat of celebrity. He's a war hero. He writes a book. It's a hit. Uh, you know, he's got the highest confirmed kill count of any American sniper, any American sniper. Um, I think the Nazis and the Ruskies still have us outnumbered by a lot. So he's eight, so. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's up there, but he's not even like top five. I don't think. Wow. Yeah. There's some crazy Russian that I think has the most. Um, but anyways, Chris Kyle, you know, he's he was caught in lies many times. His estate had to pay Jesse Ventura like 1.8 mil for libel. Uh, governor? Yeah. Governor. He wrote For what? He wrote in his book that he like punched like Jesse Ventura said something about like the war, like some anti-war thing and and Chris Kyle wrote in his book that he saw him in a bar and punched him in the face <laughs> and like then Jesse was too Ventura, drunk. And Jesse Ventura's him. like, "I don't I don't even know Chris Kyle. I'm an old frogman myself. Why would I fight a fellow Navy SEAL? <laughs> you know, uh, but I don't know. He, he had to pay him a bunch of money. And 1.8 mil for just saying that? I mean, he, Jesse Ventura is saying what? his estate was, he, his like name is like tarnished. He says he can't go to any Navy SEAL reunions anymore. Um <laughs> Darn. Yeah, uh, he put that in American Sniper. Now, he all, uh, Chris Kyle also lied about killing two muggers at a gas station in Texas. Uh, like, some people went out to, like, investigate, and like I guess he said these guys were trying to rob him, and he killed them at this gas station, called in, like, his boys from the government, and they just, like, took care of it, like, Men in Black style, <laughs> which is, like, what the fuck? And then uh, he also toured his, uh, told... told they're going to let us know if that really happened? Well, he told a story in his book. Uh, one time he pummeled, he and a pal pummeled a few wannabe UFC fighters in a bar saying, quote, also quote from the book. I'd rather get my ass beat than look like a pussy in front of my fucking boys. <laughs> Which that's actually pretty badass. <laughs> but perhaps the biggest lie of all that he told was that he and a buddy went and shot 30-plus looters during the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina from a position they had taken on top of the Superdome. <laughs> that's a <laughs> that's not a, That's insane. <laughs> Can we please get the T-shirt that says Podcast Prowler? And then on the back it says, "I'd rather get my ass beat than look like a pussy." <laughs> and it'll say, "Live from on top of the Superdome." <laughs> Jesus Christ! 
<laughs> Dude, th- that is an insane lie. Like, the, this is like the only landmark he can think of in Louisiana. And he's like, yeah, we went down the Vim. Superdome, posed up, I popped off 30 looters. Like, you would know. Oh, me and 30. my fucking boy climbed Mercedes Benz <laughs> Superdome. That would be like Texas Tower sniper times two. Like, people would be like, uh, yeah, 30 people just got shot in the face. Like during a hurricane, (laughs) they're on top of the super. (laughs) No, he said it was the aftermath, but it's like, what the fuck are we bragging about here? And um, so all these tales, um, the book, the film, he's essentially like martyred, you know, because he was killed tragically. R.I.P. Uh, and this he essentially became like a stand-in for all veterans you know he became kind of the face of the american soldier and i think though if you really look at his story it's kind of an anti-war story i mean you said mm. you saw you have you guys both seen the film i have okay film check it out it's pretty bad but i didn't think it was that bad <laughs> that is pretty bad i but. mean for a war if you look at it for like a being a war movie was I, I a lot of people were slamming it saying it's like propaganda, like beckoning young young kids to join the military, but I thought it was more anti Anything's offensive today, dude. It's twenty twenty one. That's true. Uh well but, this was like right about the time they marked this is the guy that marked uh bin Laden, right? I different don't be, guy. yeah, different guy. That's SEAL team six. Yeah. Right, you're absolutely right. But I mean this I believe is about he was that on time, SEAL right? team three, right? Or am I wrong? I did not. I don't know which team he was on. The Punishers, whatever that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Avengers. Hero. No. Uh, the and, Assassins. Okay, movie. I thought it was bad, but I didn't think it was that bad. He is his buddy is even reading volume one, issue six of the Max series in the movie, The Punisher. Oh. I thought that was cool. Okay. An homage. Got to get a little gotta. homage, but he does refer to it as a graphic novel, which it's not. Easter egg. It's a comic book <laughs> Easter egg. <laughs> and okay, and if we're going Easter egg, in that issue, Frank Castle questions his own, like, everybody that he's vouched to kill that, like, killed his family is dead in that issue. And he goes to this mob party, and he's outside of it, like, about to kill him. And he's thinking, you know, the people that killed my family are dead. The people that told them to do it are dead. Like, what am I doing? And then he drops in the party, just unloads a fucking machine gun into the wall of people. I got the eight. And there's a quote in that comic that says, as I am like unloading hot lead into a wall of humans, do I feel something like peace? That's tough to idolize that guy. <laughs> this is I mean, for impressive. a normal human being like you and me, <laughs> yes, but a psychopath out there. So Chris Kyle's a psychopath. Well, I'm not saying him, but like, sick. I mean, there's people that go out and shoot up schools and stuff. They're probably like, oh, this is fucking badass. Well, yeah, we don't want our cops or military to be doing that, do no, we? we don't. Okay. Okay. No, I'm saying. Okay, but uh, like, back to the movie itself. A lot of people bashing it. Um, but as I said, anti-war, you know, and Chris Kyle, if we you get really back, didn't like the movie, I did not like the movie. Like just for the, the, they had a fake baby, dude. It was clearly fake. 
I mean, come that on. I mean, dude, that was that was like I was like, what that are you doing? Like, it, <laughs> it, but I, it was just like back and forth. I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. But here's a Baby guy called in sick that day. Here's a guy <laughs> in Chris Kyle. Here's a guy who was destroyed by the things he had done in the war. You know, a lot of people back home are protesting the war he was fighting in. The war fucked him up. You know, perhaps maybe he feels it was in vain. He had a hard time fitting back into society. He doesn't know how to handle this like celebrity status that he's gained. Uh, and he's eventually murdered trying to help a fellow soldier. Now, that to me sounds like an anti-war story. Yeah. Yes, but the way that it's depicted in the movie, it's I could like see. glory, honor, like this is badass. I wouldn't say badass. I just thought it was a interesting storyline. Not knowing anything going into it, you know, I didn't okay. like research the guy before now, I watched what do the we film. Think is interesting here, just his the story. It's like <laughs> it's basically like him going around trying to track down the other sniper and get him before he gets got, you know. Are you thinking of Enemy at the Gates? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm like. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, he's tr- he's trying to kill the fucking Iraqi sniper. Okay, okay. And then he so does. Just the but war then part. He, but then he is like keeps going after that, kind of like the Punisher story you're talking about. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? After he's already murked that guy. Spoiler alert. Well, it's been a while since I saw it. but So he murks the Iraqi guy, and then it's like, his wife is like, hey, you already like killed this guy that you've been going after the whole war. Like, why the fuck are you still going back there? And he just like can't stop killing people, you know? Okay. Well, maybe then. I mean, I'm not saying it's the best movie I've ever seen. I just didn't think it was bad. I thought it was interesting. Well, you might fit into this because I'm seeing this as an anti-war movie. A lot of people were saying it's it's propaganda, getting people to join. Nonetheless, though, this guy, Chris Kyle, he becomes. <laughs> well, it did. And and if you're going to go off that sense, it makes it seem like you could just fucking walk into the recruiter's office and like become a sniper, <laughs> a SEAL sniper. I want to be well, the next American sniper. He's like 31 years old and just goes in there like, oh, you might like the SEALs, brother. And then he's just like, next thing you know, he's a fucking Navy SEAL sniper. Yeah, I think a lot of people. Oh, well, how many people do you think joined the military after seeing that movie? Uh, I don't know. But I mean, it if you're trying to like attack it from that point of view then it makes it i could see that point being valid in that it makes it seem like it's super easy to just like okay here you go here's a fucking gun brother go (laughs) yeah well maybe the well maybe people that would go join the military after watching that movie the point of the movie might have gone over their heads yes okay that now nonetheless because i was seeing it from a deeper point of view of like how fucked up it made him yeah and nonetheless you know you could see it as anti-war pro-war whatever this guy chris kyle he becomes sort of this like folk hero to the uh far right probably for the wrong reasons uh you know far right alt right which i was looking up is like republicans that listen to alternative rock music (laughs) (laughs) the alt right (laughs) no the alt right in the same in the same vein, though, not talking all right, but like if you're reading a comic book, some people just read it for the action and enjoyment, but then for some people, there's a deeper meaning. It's all it's all relative. It's all how you interpret it, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is like uh, I'm not even getting into like uh, how we're interpreting any of this. I'm just saying like this guy did like 
a lot of people on the right look at this guy as like, fuck yeah, Chris Kyle, I'm a hero. Now, that's not to say everybody that likes this guy and supports this guy and loves the book is a far right person. They're not um, all out listening to old rock. Yeah, they're not all out listening to old rock. You know, they're not all out listening to Soundgarden. But um, they're here to say, hey. I voted on the right, and I love fucking Seether, bro. <laughs> yeah, and I love Chris Kyle. But it's not like, like he did sort of become a, like a folk hero in the in the far right. Now, if you're asking my heroes, it's Chris Kyle and Dom Bank. <laughs> now, now, uh, now, the creator, back to Jerry Conway. So he says on The Punisher that, quote, in my mind, he's not a good guy. He says... Uh, he can understand, though, how the Punisher would appeal to soldiers who risk their lives for a cause uh, in sometimes morally difficult situations. So it's like I was saying, like the, you can see how this guy becomes a hero to soldiers. Um, now, one of the bigger issues that Conway does have, though, is with the boys in blue. As we all do. Am I right? <laughs> now, Rob... Uh, let's keep it in tight here. Now, since 2015, the Punisher skull has become popular with police officers and this blue lives matter movement. Uh, now many companies are making stickers, decals, t-shirts. Uh, you got the Punisher logo and you got a blue line, uh, which this is essentially peak irony. Yeah. Go on. Yes. Okay. In 2017, the Catlettsburg police department in Kentucky received backlash after putting large decals with the Punisher skull and blue lives matter on the hoods of their police cars. Uh, these were essentially removed in response to citizens and police interpreting its meaning differently. Now the police chief said, quote, we're getting so many calls and they're saying the Punisher logo means we're out to kill people. And that is not the meaning behind that. And that didn't cross my mind. <laughs> now, now, Conway has been... What, did you have something there? I mean, what what else are people supposed to think that means, man? That seems like a bad PR move. That's what I, now, that's where I'm getting <laughs> Hell at. yeah, brother. Let's throw those on. <laughs> With this peak irony. Throw like, them on the hoods. The whole fleet. Like, the, the police chief is just like, fuck yeah, let's go for it. Uh, now, now Conway has been pretty vocal about the recent use of the symbol, uh, and he says that, quote, I think the way that cops use it is extra judicial. They are cops. They are going to punish you, question mark, and the punisher is an outlaw. He's a symbol of the failure of the justice system to treat everyone equally. About three years ago, when I started, when it started to show up on police cars and challenge coins that cops were using, I was really disturbed because it was such a fundamental misunderstanding of what the character was and was supposed to represent. In that sense, he's been completely defiled. Now, from 2018, from the 2018 run on the series, issue number 13. Punisher actually runs into a couple cops who want to take a selfie with him. And they say like, yeah, we're fans. They got their sticker on his car. And he's like, what the fuck is this? Rips it off, tears it up. And he says, quote, I'll say this once. We're not the same. You took an oath to uphold the law. You help people. 
I gave all that up long time ago. You don't do what I do. Nobody does. You boys need a role model? His name is Captain America, and he'd be happy to have you. Got him. Uh, so th- this is written into the whole Punisher lore in the comics. And Conway says, you know, whether you think the Punisher is justified or not, whether you m- admire his code of ethics, he is an outlaw. He's a criminal. Police should not be embracing a criminal as their symbol. Now, what are we thinking here? I agree. That's all I was saying. I agree with what he said. Okay. He's the so fucking creator. Okay. And so, you know, military, we're cool with that because PSYOP, you know, they're in a war zone. Cops, it's it's a little different. I mean, I think the idea of putting on a police car is a little <laughs> Yeah, <more>. probably not. <laughs> a, a little much. <laughs> okay. Like, if you want to put it on a challenge coin because you're a fan of the comic, that's whatever because no one's going to fucking see that except the cops. But, like, okay. plastering it on the side of your fucking car while you're, like, responding to calls. Like, come on. <laughs> okay, okay. Come on, boys. What do we got, T-Bag? It sounded like you had a, well, a bunch of You just of go back to where Conway said you can understand how the Punisher would appeal to soldiers who risk their lives for a cause in sometimes morally difficult situations. And I do think our boys in blue do end up in some morally difficult situations sometimes. But I do agree with what Rob said. You probably don't want the Punisher logo <laughs> plastered on your vehicle when you're responding to a noise complaint. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's like, um, that's what I was saying. It's like there seems to be a couple of things going on here. You know, it's yeah, it's one thing for the military to spray paint it on their gear, like they're just spray painting spray painting it on their gear. Maybe on buildings is a little much. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't even care. Like I get that. It's a psyop cool symbol we're fucking with the enemy in a war yeah yeah uh yeah like cops uh obviously like a lot of them are former military or wish they were um so i could see why they would want to adopt the symbol because this happens a lot like you saw the uh all the seals wore fdny and fdpd hats when they went over to afghanistan after Mm. 9-11 it's like they they want to support them but I think the problem with the cops is that if they're trying to mirror the military's use, who are they psyoping? The people they're vowing to serve mm. and protect? Like it just it's it just like we said, it hits differently when a cop rolls up with a giant punisher skull on the fucking hood of his car. Uh, you know, it's like they missed the whole point. I mean, at least read the whole run if you're gonna use the logo, am I right? Well, I'm willing to bet that those guys probably haven't even read the comic. Well, books. yes, yes. They're obviously, just using it obviously. as like an intimidation factor. And obviously, uh, well, which is disturbing. Um, but obviously, like the merch, I think, has something to do with it as well. Because it's one thing if you're if you're spray painting it on like your gun in Iraq. It's obviously another thing when you're like rebranding it to fit like a, a narrative and like selling this guy's logo in a way that it was he wasn't intending for it to be used you know and this is like a whole nother string of issues that come up with like the copyrights and stuff and again Uh, this man is missing out on money for something he created (laughs) yeah and that just got me thinking of like symbols in general because like you know how obviously like symbols change over time and they're not going to be the same thing uh but you know obviously like the skull has been spotted at these Unite the Right rallies. Uh, it's been used by, I, I was reading, the three percenters, 
which is some like far right anti-government militia movement uh pieces of shit you know and like we said it's 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 like if the punisher logo like became used for military and then the cops like it and then it becomes this symbol for like far right people like once it gets into the hands of the neo-nazis it's hard to get the symbol back (laughs) <laughs> you know, we're always stealing shit. I know. I mean, look at the swastika. Used to mean good luck. Hitler yeah. stole that. Yeah, and now, and now that's like associated with one of the most evil symbols mm-hmm. in history. Like everybody sees that symbol and knows. Um, and you know, this this is where I have an issue is with these far right guys and these neo Nazis. Uh, like they tried to take Hawaiian shirts. They tried to take tiki torches. By either of them, you get dirty looks from the whole store. Yeah, and I think, you know, we need to take this symbol back for the nerds. Do you agree? Can we take the symbol back for the nerds? Well, not only can we, we're going to when I uh, put that fat head on your car next month. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Conway himself has claimed, uh, has chimed in on this, and he says it should be a symbol for Black Lives Matter. He says it should be a symbol for people on the outside of the justice system, and he wants the movement to claim this symbol for themselves. Now, he even started this like custom ink page called Skulls for Justice, and they have, I guess, all these designs up there. You can go check them out. Um, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, but um, one of the bigger things that I started seeing with, like I guess, the use of this symbol and stuff is, like, does Disney... As we said, Disney owns Marvel now, um, and they're essentially a monopoly. They're giant. They're huge. Uh, nobody's huge. fucking with them. Yep. And do they keep the same energy? Because Disney is notorious for hunting down anyone using trademarked material, copywritten stuff. Uh, Marvel Characters, Inc. holds a trademark on the word Punisher. But... Uh, a bunch of these articles that took umbrance with like the far right and police using this symbol, uh, they were saying, you know, you do a search, you do a simple Google search and you can find like blue lives matter, Punisher skull shirts, flags. Uh, they're even on sale at Walmart. Uh, and an Amazon retailer was even selling like vinyl stickers called like Punisher decal with Trump (laughs) hair, which is like massively cringe. True story. Uh, <laughs> one of my coworkers used to have that on his Oh my! Okay, so, um, and I was, and they were saying like Disney, you know, they're notorious for just like shutting down anybody using the trademarks, but it seems like they just kind of were letting these go. Not for the cops. They're not shutting that down. Well, I was looking at a lot of these links. This original article was from June 2020, and most of these links have since been taken down. Uh, so perhaps Disney did hit him with a old C and D, you know, maybe they hit him with that cease and desist and said, stop using the Punisher or we're shutting you down. Unless Punisher. you give us a cut. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're a true WAP. Uh, like what's his name? Cuomo. He can use Punisher. <laughs> I'm not a, what did he say? Like I'm, I'm Italian, you know, <laughs> what did he say? I'm not a pervert. I'm, I'm not a pervert. I'm Italian. Like that would be like the Punisher, <laughs> you know? I'm not a murderer. I'm Italian. I'm not an assassin. <laughs> I'm Italian. I'm not an assassin. I'm Italian. I'm Punisher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I... New like, shirt? <laughs> no, matter, no, I'm saying, like, no matter what, I think it's, like, like this the whole, like, controversy around the symbol. I think it's cringe to make it a symbol for anything other than just, like, the... Right, con. right, right. Like, 
This, but again, like the symbol isn't the issue here, man. I'm talking about drawing a line in the sand. Uh, you know, I think we need to start it's as not the Punisher's preferred nomenclature. <laughs> yeah, dude, we're talking about unchecked aggression here. <laughs> this is like I'm saying we start getting some old school '80s Punisher airbrush merch and have it say Italian stuff like "Gabagool" <laughs> or freaking "Forget about it," you know. Uh, like that'd be awesome right or even just like old school punisher and it just says read comics <laughs> you know or like support you like we need to get the comic book shops back up and running we need to say support your local comic book shops we need to do something for these little guys or adam's famous line punisher Punisher. I barely know him. That's, that's like an Italian thing. Punisher. I'm Italian. <laughs> like, you know, I'm uh, not a Punisher. I'm Italian. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think here? Are we in agreement with this? We can take this symbol back. We need to bring it back. No, we can't let it keep falling into the wrong hands, man. So I Pod- don't think you're podcast punishers. Podcast, dude. Oh, that's a little cringe. I'd, podcast. I'd rather get my ass beat than look like a pussy in front of my boys. <laughs> we don't even need but see that's playing into the right we can't have the chris kyle quote i think that's just tough yeah we're adopting it for our own fuck them okay so we're taking this quote now i say we do like uh i'm just saying 80s and i punisher. don't mean as that as fuck chris kyle i mean fuck the right they 80s 80s punisher italian sayings uh, and I don't even care about making it specific podcast merch. Like I would be happy just to, just to take the symbol back. I mean, if it took them a few years to hit these these other guys with a cease and desist, I think we can get off a run of Punisher shirts. Oh, yeah. So we're talking full Punisher wrap on the Prius. Full Punisher Prius. Full Punisher Prius. Uh, <laughs> full Punisher Prius. Is that custom and, license plate? Yeah, got to get the license plate. That says what? Gabagool? Punisher <laughs> Prius. <laughs> uh, and then I'm thinking we get, um, we have it, you know, support your local comic shop or something. Okay. Like read comic books, guys. Guys, get out there. Support your local shops, you know. Uh, shout out to Now or Never Comics in downtown San Diego. Check them out if you're in the area. Support your local Punisher. <laughs> Yeah, now, what? Uh, so we got some final thoughts. Uh, coup de gras on the Punisher. Uh, what do we got here, guys? Coup de gras. I think you just said it. We're taking, the, we're taking it back for the nerds. We're bringing it back, guys. Hell yeah. Yeah, you know, you see someone in a Punisher hat, a Punisher shirt, maybe ask them, hey. When's what's the last your fa- you read the comic? You what's your favorite asshole? run, dude? You, like, you a fan of Frank Castle? Uh, hey. You a what? You a what? <laughs> <laughs> These guys over here—they won't stop using my logo. We got to like a vigilante justice, my man. Huh? You, you like a little vigilante <laughs> justice? Yeah. You say that to a cop? I got a punisher. You like a little vigilante over here? You an outlaw? Oh, um, hey, <laughs> you an outlaw? Going, Did, going rogue on us? Disney know about that merchandise? Did you buy that at the Disney store, my man? <laughs> <laughs> Disney? Take, the, Disney? take the family on a little vacay. Pick up a couple <laughs> shirts. Uh, what do we got? A TLDL here on the Punisher? Punisher? I hardly know her. <laughs> okay, so um, there you have it. You know, let us know your thoughts. If you're a fan of the comic, if you uh, maybe I'm a if fan you're of Chris Kyle, 
Yeah, or if you're a cop and you use the symbol like... Ooh, uh, that would be interesting. Yeah, let us know your point of view. And on that one, uh, I want to cite marvelfandom.com, conwayscorner.blogspot.com for the Heroes article, uh, time.com, how a Marvel comic book hero became the icon of the fight against ISIS by Rebecca (laughs) Collard, sci-fi.com for an interview with Jerry Conway by Dana Forsythe, and vulture.com, America's American Snipers Comics Homage is Perfect and Terrifying by Abraham Reisman. And on that, uh, check out at Punisher Logo on Instagram for daily Punisher content. And as we said, guys, help us bring the symbol back. Loyal Legion, everybody listening, it's on us to bring this symbol back and give it to the hands of the nerds. And on that, stay safe out there, guys. Hey, as always, guys, thanks for nerding out with us on this one. Uh, be sure to check out our website, podcastfromouterspace.com. You can grab some merch, maybe some new Punisher merch coming up. Who knows? Uh, if you want to slide in those DMs at Podcast From Outer Space on IG, or if you want to shoot us an email, podcastfromouterspace at gmail.com. Uh, and with that, as Ryan said, punish your skulls, they're for everybody. Thanks for joining us on this episode, everybody. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Un gran amor